Welcome listeners to the 80th edition of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Okay, coming to you, we're actually recording on Sunday, the 10th of December 2017. We are sort of coming towards the end of this game week. Currently, Liverpool are 1-0 up against Everton, and we still have the Manchester derby in about an hour's time. So looking forward to seeing the teams for that over the, the course of the pod. Joining me once again, we have the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back to you. Thank you. And we've got another great guest, familiar to many of you, new listeners who's been with us many times before. We welcome from Ghana this time, Sid. Thanks, guys. Thanks for calling me back. Welcome back, Sid. I think, uh, Sid, you're probably our most travelled guest of uh, where everyone's recorded from. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, a good thing. I'll take that as a compliment. The the diversity, yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah, impressed with the, the, uh, the commitment, I suppose, if we put it that way. How have you been doing since we last spoke to you? So, last week wasn't great. I went down from 10k to 20k, but this week yeah. I've done much better. I'm up to 8k over, overnight. I have Salah, who just scored a goal, which yeah. actually is, an, is, is negative for my rank. <laughs> so, so many people have captained him that I've gone down <laughs> 1k because he scored a goal. And I have Sterling and Otamendi in the last game. And I'm on about, I think, uh, 47 overnight. Yeah. That's 43. I took my first hit of the season. So I'm 43 net. And then I have Salah, Sterling and Otamendi left. So I think should be at least a, a green uh, arrow to about 15k at least. That's what I'm hoping for. How, who did you take the hit for? Uh, so I actually made three transfers. So I don't like thinking of it as a hit for one player when I make yeah. three transfers. Sure. So I got uh, Hazard, who didn't do very well. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who I benched. <laughs> and I got Christensen in, who got two points again. Yeah. Um, and I removed Virgil van Dijk, which was long-term overdue. I had to get rid of him. I, th- I, th- I think of Christensen as more like a 10-week pick. So over 10 weeks, I think he's going to make more than four points that I lost on him for Virgil van Dijk. Yeah. Uh, plus, my fixtures for the other other defenders aren't great. So, it's very important for me to get those right and get the rotations right. So, Christensen is, helps me because he plays the next seven games. Other than that, I got rid of, I think, Sane, which was probably my worst transfer this season. <laughs> and I got rid of Joker Chupamoting, as Jamie Ellis calls him. <laughs> Clown. <laughs> but you yeah, still you clown. still have uh, Yosli, Sid. He's sitting nicely yeah, there have. on your, <laughs> on your Yeah, he got six You're, points this you, week, so I think I'm him. probably going to keep him for another ten weeks. You now. Love Yosli. <laughs> He's your best friend. Every time he scores, I want to keep him for another five weeks. That's how it is. <laughs> Traps. Yeah, it seems a goal buys him an extra five weeks in your team, Sid. So. Yeah, uh, you probably. I think in the whole of FPL, I think you probably love Hosselu the most. But uh, yeah, might, uh, the joke might be on us at some point. You never know. Uh, yeah. uh, Iceman, how did you get on the uh, over the course of this game week? Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing too bad. I'm on uh, what am I on? So I'll be on 46 plus the eight. I've got Ward coming off my bench because Kiko Firmino came up with a random injury last minute in the Watford game. From stuff he was out, so that's unfortunate. So he's going to get me no. So I'm actually fielding only two defenders because I've got Ottomendi and Sterling to play like yeah. Sid has as well. I captained Kane. So yeah, sitting on 46 plus the eight. So yeah, 54 at the moment. 
So yeah, not too bad. So going nicely. Well, my um, a very similar story to you, Iceman. I'm on 42 as it stands at the moment. So I was potentially on for some bonus here as well. Um, I got stung by the Arsenal poor performance. I had Kolasinac, Ramsey and Lacazette, and none of them did anything. But I did Captain Kane, so that's basically saved my game week and Salah's contribution as well. So I've only got Sterling left to play, plus whatever Salah does in the rest of this fixture. I was also bitten by Ben Mee's absence for Burnley, uh, and Mbemba didn't play for Newcastle, and Cedric is injured. So I basically played with 10 men this week, which is wonderful. Yeah, um, Really, really lovely. Let's have a look how things are going in the mini-league then. Now, obviously, this is to be updated after the game week, but as it stands at the moment, in 10th place, we've got Opus Eponymous, Magnus Westerstrand, Rag- Rags to Riches, uh, Richard Broxton. I haven't seen him in the top 10 before, so well done to you, Richard. Uh, Alex 05, Alex Costa in 8th place. John Stone into 7th. NT David Anan is into 6th. Lookman RUAK, Jeremiah Johnson is 5th. Red Devils, Daniel Kalim is in fourth. Berbershoff, Andre Bergstrom, back up to third. Costa del Kuki. Uh, there he is. Jay Eggersdorf has joined the league as high as he is this season. He is still about 77 points off the main man, Lalana Land, Demir Tanay, who still leads FPL in the world with a score currently of 1,067. Very impressive. Very, very strong from him. I also like his kit. He's got a nice, colourful kit, which I'm viewing on his page. I'm quite impressed with that. Whereas uh, Jay Eggersdorf kits is great. Oh, so there we go. That's, that's <laughs> interesting. Okay, right, chap. So um, in terms of this pod, a couple of things to stake state early i suppose we're in the middle of a although it's not a double game week there are midweek fixtures which we will allude to however with all the fixtures we're not going to cover every single one we're going to go through twitter questions which will hopefully cover most of the big hitters and the cheaper priced options a second little note i have a cold at the moment so you may hear some sniffing and that is not the Iceman's editing fault that is my face okay so Iceman, uh, do you want to kick us off with some of the questions we've been fired i was just going to quickly shout out our new Patreon page where we would like if uh, our listeners would pledge to us. Uh, obviously, if you're a listener of us, you know we've been doing it for a while. It takes a lot of time for us to set this up and get these great guests, which you hear, like the likes of Sid, Jay, Hortz, all these great guests, which you get each week. It does bring a lot of help for you. I'm sure it does. Uh, it's uh, Patreon forward slash Fantasy Football Surgery for one dollar fifty per month. You'll get entry to a private league, and that will consist of monthly prizes consisting of FF Surgery merchandise. Uh, you'll get a shout-out on the episode that you join us, uh, the week you join us, and your name will be written on our Hall of Fame Loyal Listeners section, which I will add. Also, if you're pledging for $2.50 per month, you get entered into a prize draw each month. This could go up to, for the likes of match tickets, uh, we'll look at our total pledge funding of that current month and take 10% of that and then use that cash to actually buy you uh, a decent prize, whether it's match tickets or just you know, an, an Arsenal scarf or something related to your own football team. Pledging for $3.50, join our Slack channel 
channel. It's a private channel where you can discuss all the things FPL and you get exclusive access to guarantee that your questions will be answered on the pod on here and then we'll get some good FPL chat going. And also for $4.50 you'll be invited to our podcast guest Slack channel which Sid you will be invited to. We will be inviting all of our guests which have been on the pod. We're just looking for something from our listeners to help us keep going really. Yeah, so if you, uh, like like the Iceman said, if you fancy supporting the pod, it'd be greatly appreciated and it adds and helps to grow our ever-evolving community. That's right. So Iceman, should we get into these questions or is there anything else you wanted to add at this point? No, yeah, let's get into the questions. So we've got one from Scott Beck. He's just saying, thinking of downgrading Courtois to Pickford to free up some cash to use in other areas of his team. I know Chelsea have good fixtures, but I feel Everton will be tighter under Allardyce and Pickford will more likely pick up bonus and save points. What are your thoughts? Sid, I'm going to go to you first, mate. So, if he has nothing else to do on his team, because I think at this point, teams are such that you need 15-member squads, you need to hold transfers, account for injuries, games turn around really quickly. I think that's sort of a luxury transfer. Uh, how, why I say it's a luxury transfer is because I don't really see how he will gain points from that. I don't think Everton will ever keep more clean sheets than Chelsea, for one. Pickford may make a lot of saves, but I think Courtois can easily match that. And Courtois is, I think, about 0.7 more expensive. So, if he finds a better use of those 0.7 million, I'd do it. If he has nothing else pressing, I'd do it. If he has two free transfers and nothing to do with them, I'd do it. But other than that, I don't see a reason why I would do that. Yeah, it's, it's quite understandable, really. I mean, like if you've got a transfer to make on your goalkeepers, then it's kind of a luxury, isn't it? And you've got no other maintenance you need doing in the rest of your team. I think that Courtois is probably best worth holding because I can see more clean sheets from Chelsea, like you say. I would just stick with Courtois if it was me. What, what do you reckon, Bully? Yeah, I agree with you, Iceman. I think, um, Sid, you're right. It is a luxury transfer if you can do it. But I think... Uh, you look at Courtois' fixtures coming up, you've got three of the next five are home games against sides that aren't renowned for scoring in Saints, Brighton, Stoke. They've got Arsenal away, but again, Leicester, Brighton, Bournemouth, Watford and West Brom after that. So I know they've conceded against West Ham, but I, I, I can't see Chelsea continuing to let in goals and it was only one goal. So I personally would say I think he's worth a little bit extra you're paying for Courtois personally. Yeah. And also, just on, on goalkeepers, unless it's someone like De Gea has got an absolute blinding set of fixtures where he's like to keep cleanies coming up, generally I, I like to pick two that are going to rotate on my wild card and at the start of the season and kind of stick to that, just because the investment for the sake of the return isn't always that great on goalkeepers. The ceiling is fairly low. Yeah, also, you're never going to captain the keeper, are you? So it's like you kind of can use that money elsewhere to increase your captain options. I actually have sort of an idea that he can do... Uh, rather than Pickford, I think you can look at one of the West West Ham uh, keepers. Kind run of fixtures and they have a double game week in game week 22 if I remember correctly. I think you can probably look at that. That would be a very big saving as well because Adrian is 4.3, Hart is 4.4. So if whoever is playing at that time, I think he can probably get one of those in and actually save even more cash. Yeah, that actually raises the, the double game week discussion, which I think we should go into really. 
Um, yeah. With Spurs and West Ham having a double game week in game week 22, it's a matter of do we load up on some of these players like now, maybe a keeper? Like you say, that I think that's a good idea, Sid. I think maybe even adding in the likes of Hart or Adrian. It just depends on who's playing. I mean, like, at the moment, it's Adrian who's stolen that position, but whether or not he will keep that spot, I think I don't think we actually know yet. Whether we, we bring West Ham players, Tottenham players in, they're always going to blank on that game week 21. Do you think it's wise bringing in players before that game week 21 or maybe saving up some transfers to actually do it on that game week 22? What do you reckon, Sid? I think it's a very case-to-case sort of situation. Uh, firstly, I think a lot of people will have Elliot in their team. I think that's one situation which you need to fix. Elliot is 4.1 for the people who bought him at 4. It's He's 4.1 now. Uh, his sale price. Adrian is 4.3. It's not something very big. It's not like a lot of cash that you have to you have to put in. I think that's one transfer you can plan in right now and keep it. The other other people that I really want to look at is Musuaku, if that's his name. He's 4.4. He's playing out of position. And he's playing in the sort of zone where he has a lot of attempted dribbles, attempted crosses. He's playing in sort of a left attacking midfield zone. He's also really rediscovered himself against uh, under Moyes. So I think that's one player I look at, but that's a spot I would keep. I would get him in the fifth defender spot. So if you have four defenders and if you have a fifth non-playing, say Mbemba, Hunaima, whoever, I think that's the that's the spot I would get him in. Yeah. Not in my first four <laughs> playing defenders. Yeah, I, I would get Adrian. I would get Adrian as my backup keeper, not as my first keeper. I would have one keeper who plays because keepers don't get rotated. So I would get Adrian in as my backup keeper. I would not put these players in so that they disrupt my planning from now on. The other thing I would really advise people to do is save the transfer between before game week 22. So you save going into game week 22. You you uh, keep maybe keep Kane on the bench or maybe transfer him out before that. But you have to have these sort of players in. I think if you have two free transfers, you get one of the West Ham players in, maybe a midfielder for that one week and you can get Ericsson or you can get say Ali in or you can get a defender in whoever's playing. Because that's when the defenders will actually stop rotating because the fixtures will again start getting spread out. So you can even look at Davies, who's been playing in the league. So there's a lot of stuff you can do around, but the key part is not to get them in for any of your starters for first 11 players. And the second is that you don't use your transfers up so that if you have a lot of them, you can even take them out if you get an injury. Yeah. So you save your transfer in game week 22 and go into game week 22 with two transfers and you really like put the pressure on because that's where you really gain your ranks if you're low if you're 300k 200k 100k 500k that's where you can really make up ground on the people around you because they will respond that time they won't have this all pre-planned very measured words there Sid yeah I agree with most of what you said there Um, I'm just looking at my team now in fact and I do have Fabianski and Elliot and I've got this conundrum whether to actually move one of them out because Fabianski has Man City at home and Elliot doesn't seem to be starting even though Darlow's just awful. He does have Everton. Whether or not I can risk just hoping that he'll play in this game or I kind of have that option to, to bring in the likes of Adrian or Hart. It's a difficult one because West Ham have Arsenal at home in the next game so you're not looking at clean sheets there. But in the long run, if I bring in the likes of maybe Adrian for Elliot. And I could just leave him on my bench and play Fabianski or even rotate him 
throughout his good fixtures. Like you say, they have got a couple of good fixtures after the Arsenal game. They've got Stoke, Newcastle and Bournemouth. But playing for all that, and then he's got that double game week in 22. So that is uh, kind of a consideration. What's what's your thoughts on this double game week, Bully? What what are you thinking initially? Um, I'll certainly be loading up on the Spurs players because of the the way, like you said, the way fixture at Swansea and the home tie against West Ham is just irresistible so to speak I think I'll definitely have a Spurs defender in that and over the course of December I'll try and move towards providing they have some form probably Ericsson yeah. uh, more than anyone I'm over the last few years kind of I've been tempted just to load up on any team in the double game weeks but the problem is I think West Ham and like we say I mean the Palace and Newcastle we were just talking about I mean neither of them hold real long term value for me um, and even if they hit a couple of games of form they're kind of so on and off so I'm not as excited about getting those players and I know that after that shortly we get a wild card so we can undo anything that's damaged but you know, in that game week as well, Liverpool away at Burnley, got United at Everton, City at home against Watford, Arsenal and Chelsea. So maybe not so much in that tie, but I wouldn't want to take away from my ability to benefit in those ties for the sake of just having them playing twice. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, a lot of people were thinking about moving out Kane, weren't they? With obviously him blanking a few games and obviously saving us this game week. But he does have some tricky fixtures going up to that game week 21 in in terms of Man City, Burnley and Southampton. And then he's got the blank. It is a consideration to move him out for the Man City game onwards. But it's just that difficult actually bringing him back in, which is the problem. What, What are your thoughts on Kane at the moment, Sid? Is it just you're just leaving him in and then just forgetting about it and then just hoping he gets a goal or two in one of these games because you know he can score against anyone? Or are you actually thinking maybe you can spread those funds elsewhere and and use it and bring him back in for game week 22? So I'll actually put it very simply. I think the argument that people make to remove Kane is extremely dumb. (laughs) I'll tell you why it's dumb. Removing Kane is not one transfer, it's four transfers. So, if you remove Kane, suppose I'll give you an example. If you remove Kane, you'll remove, say, a midfielder or another other striker as well, right? You'd yeah. want to invest that cash in. You'd want to invest maximum cash that you have into players. So, you'd probably get, say, or Hazard or, uh, say, Firmino or someone in. So, you'll not only use one transfer, you'll use the other to upgrade another player on your team. When you want to get him back, you cannot get him back straight in for any player. So, you'll use another transfer to get one player down and then someone up to Kane. Yeah. yeah so, that's no. four transfers he used to, to capitalise yeah. on two weeks. If Kane scores two against City, which is not an extremely unlikely situation, then what you're doing is that you're not only putting yourself under pressure to get him back for the double game week when his price will rise because there are still citizens and people who are, I wouldn't say, the smartest who don't have him right now. So, they, they, you'd not only spend that, you'd also want to get him back and you'd also kill, like eat the price rise because you'd not want to get him in early because he may get injured. That's yeah. always on your mind. You don't want to make early transfers. Yeah. I, so, you spend four transfers, you put yourself <clears throat> under price risk and you, you get in players who you're not even sure will perform or not. What you can rather do is you can, you can replace one of your non-playing midfielders or defenders on your bench. Just get someone up to say a 4.4 defender play him one week and just bench Kane for one week. Why would you waste four transfers on that? 
<laughs> it's a great point, Sid, and this is something which obviously a lot of good managers are going to do. But I'm just, I was raising it in the sense of people are thinking it, and as you mentioned, it is for transfers, and transfers are vital. I mean, like, you only get 38 a year. Is that right? Yeah, 38. Um, yeah, 36 yeah. if you remove the two wild cards. Ah, yeah, true. So yeah, you know, they are valuable those transfers, and just using four up, that's that's quite. Yeah, so a you lot. want to that's use 10 percent of your transfers, the transfers you get over the season, 10 percent of them on getting one player out for one week that he's missing, and one week that you're not even sure he won't score because. See, a lot of people keep on saying that City don't concede. City defence has conceded in the last three matches. They've won 2-1 in all the matches. And that's against opponents which aren't even as good as Tottenham. So Kane, you can say that he won't score. He may not score. But there is, it's not very likely that this happens. Because Kane can score against anyone. Yeah, I totally agree. What are your thoughts on Kane, Pete? Yeah, I'm, I, I, yeah, I say it's once he goes, if he hits form, you've got to get him back in. It is an absolute nightmare. Sid made a great statistical and factual uh, argument for that. But I just think he, he can score against anyone. Yes, he had a little dip recently, but doesn't every striker? Mm. Two against Stoke yesterday. To me, he's more likely to come back off of a, a leaner patch than someone like Lukaku, who you know is, is quite frustrating. Plus, Kane's ceiling is so high, it only takes one good day, and he justifies being out for a week. So I personally am going to stick with him for the time being. Yeah. Cool. Okay, we're just going to move on to the next question now. So we've got FPL Trolls just saying, Kiko slash Loton, two free transfers. He's got 1.3 in the bank. He's going to get Kenny or who else? Who do you think he should move those two players out for Kenny and someone? Firstly, I'm not sure if you should be removing Kiko out straight away. I need to hear news about his injury, which I'm going to contact Mr. Ben Dinry on that one. He could still be in contention to play a couple of games, so I wouldn't necessarily really just be instantly moving him out. Kenny is a good shout, though. Um, what are your thoughts on Kenny, Bully? Have you seen much of him? I haven't, I have to be honest, I've actually watched an awful lot of Everton, but I'm hearing very good things about him. Next few fixtures, away at Newcastle, and then home against Swansea. Everton sort of turning things around gradually under Big Sam, although we're at the moment, they're still 1-0 down against uh, against Liverpool, but that isn't a fair measure, I don't think, of how they're doing. They're yeah, I mean, for the, with those two fixtures coming up, and seeing he's getting the game time, he's been trusted today, so I'd probably stick with him at the moment. Yeah, it's a 4.3. It's not a bad option, really. Sid, what are your thoughts on him? He started the last seven, eight games. Kenny at Everton? So, Coleman is back in light training. I expect him back by the second week of Jan, which is game week 23. I'll Mm. go through the fixtures till then. They have Newcastle away, who really need to get some points on the board. Uh, Swansea at home, which is a fixture they can get a clean sheet in. Chelsea at home, I don't think they'll get a clean sheet. West Brom away, Bournemouth away, United at home. And Spurs away. I really Tricky. don't see more than one clean sheet there. The other thing is that Kenny has one bad match. He's going to get 23s with Kuko Martina on the right-back position. So, why would you spend 4.3 on a player who is anyway going to be a transfer in the next six weeks? I know six weeks is a long time in FPL. But you're going to transfer him out anyway. It's like the transfer I made for Virgil van Dijk. I got him into my wildcard in game week 8, thinking he has four good fixtures. So, I'm probably going to sit when I find another first. What happened was that he actually only one feature out of the four fixtures. So that wasn't only a bad transfer that I made to get him in, but it was a transfer that I planned on already. So in FPL, you should never plan for to get a player in who you want to get out at a particular point of time, time anyway. So Kenny is one of those. He will play six weeks. Uh, for lucky owners, he'll play six weeks, maybe keep two clean sheets. That's the maximum I see him getting. And then he's a transfer to be made because Coleman, obviously he won't replace Coleman in the squad. So 
So that's another transfer you'll have to make later. So why do it right now? Yeah, it's a good point. It's a bit like a point Jay made last week. He just said he always just goes for people that play. Kenny does play at the moment, and he probably will play until you say January. But listing those fixtures, it is kind of a, a scary move. I, I still think he is an option, but it is an option to maybe sub out in the future. I could probably see them getting a clean sheet against Newcastle. I can't see Yossley scoring. <laughs> Uh, who else do you reckon he should get? So he's looking at 4.5 with 4.6. What other defenders around 5.8 are we looking at now? I suppose it's Ostermendi is still the man to go to for me. I think he actually has a very good defender even now. I think Iko Feminia, he's missed one game. But I think he's actually a very good pick. I'll just go through a few stats. He has the highest BPS baseline bonus for the last four weeks amongst all Watford defenders. He has the maximum number of chances created amongst the Watford defenders. The only thing he has less is clearances, blocks and interceptions, which is much lower than, say, a Cabasel. So, he's a player who I really think will do well over this period. He has amazing fixtures coming up. So, even if he doesn't play this week, I would sub someone else out. But I would keep him because his next round of fixtures are going to repay him back for the money he's invested because... If you look at the fixtures, I think only Stoke and Watford have like very good defensive fixtures in the next seven, eight games. So I would definitely keep Kiko Feminia. Yeah, I, I think you do need to find out what's going on with his injury before you just move him out. He's a, I've only just brought him in recently for Cedric a couple of game weeks ago. So I'm I'm holding on to him until I actually find out he's going to be out permanently. And he, if he's even out for next week, I may just hold another week and then just hope he's going to be back the week after. Yeah, Because he's a great player to have. So we kind of haven't answered that one. Well, let's look at the defenders around 5.8 at the moment. Who are we reckoning around that price range are good defenders to go for if you're bringing someone in? Has, has he only got 5.8? It, it looks like he has, yeah. It's difficult it's when you because I'm just looking at Bellerin, because Watamendi is 5.9. Oh. And uh, I'm just looking as well at Bellerin as an option. He's 5.9. I know Arsenal have let one in against Saints today, but they'd be looking a little bit more assured prior to that. So in the weeks leading up to it, Arsenal pulling off a few. I think they had uh, three clean sheets in their last in their last five games. So uh, Monreal is playing regularly at the back for Arsenal. For everyone that's getting injured around him, he is playing regularly. Obviously, doesn't really pose an attacking threat, but he's the fifth highest scoring defender in FPL. Uh, seems to be a favourite of Wenger's, so a fairly safe bet to play. And he has clocked up eight bonus points this season, so he he would be a differential option. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice shout. All right, we'll move on to the next question now. So the next question is from Justin Dye. He's just saying, who are the top three budget defenders we can be turning to in the next three to five game weeks? Players 4.5 and under. So we mentioned one there in Kenny. Uh, Sid's saying maybe not. I've, I've said, yeah, why not? It's worth a go with Kenny. I think he's got some fairly reasonable fixtures. Who else are you saying, Sid? Uh, 4.5 and under. I, I think Cabasal is an excellent option going forward he Kiko Feminia is 4.6 so I, I wouldn't include him in this discussion so I think Cabasal is a very good option I think other than that you should really look at the Stoke defenders it sounds really funny they've just been uh, like conceded 5 goals hmm. uh, but if you look at their home fixtures I'm just going to run you through the home fixtures West Ham at home West Brom at home Newcastle at home Huddersfield at home Watford at home and Brighton at home so you can go up to 
game week 27 rotating stoke defenders with any of the defenders that you have and just play them in their home games so i think definitely look at stoke so they the, have a, the they only have option few... there is is wimmer though at 4.3 is uh, just cuz martin yeah and even easy, even so. yeah even cameroon is an option if he gets back into the team so that's one wait and watch if you want to get someone right now it's it's a very 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 tough sort of category uh, at the moment because the burnley defenders who are probably the best value defenders are already about say 4.8 4.9 million so it's become a very diff- different uh, and difficult sort of price category already other than that if you want to look at other options again 4.5 is difficult because norton is 4.6 he's a good option uh, you can look at the huddersfield defenders zanka is a yeah, good great. is a good option and uh, in game week 20 he has stoke at home 21 he has burnley at home west ham at home in game week 23 but these are fixtures which are 3 4 weeks away so i can't say in the immediate future he is going to help you yeah i was i was going to make the same points about zanka at uh, huddersfield just because they're a little bit like you know some weeks they'll they'll let five in and others they'll pull off a clean sheet but i think as they have that that potential to keep a clean sheet with the way that wagner sets them up he's not bad as a rotation option uh, zanka so only 4.5 million the other one i was going to throw into the pot Um Iceman you've mentioned it before but uh, Simpson at Leicester so he's played pretty much every minute bar 13 of their campaign so far again it would be a rotation option but they've got Saints away next Saints have only scored one against us today Palace at home then the week after they play United they've got Watford then Huddersfield so um, again a potential a few green green game week fixtures there so Simpson could be a cheaper option that's guaranteed to play Yeah, with Pulyo managing that Leicester side now, I do think that he's bringing them uh, kind of defensively solid. So another option that I just discovered while uh, scanning through the fixtures was actually he's actually scored three own goals, but uh, he fits that sort of price bracket. It's Lewis oh, Dunk. I was going to mention uh, him as well. Yeah, uh, game week eighteen Burnley at home, game week nineteen Watford at home, and game week twenty two he has Bournemouth at home. So I'm not sure uh, he can get all three clean sheets, but I think I would fancy Brighton. they really need the points now so they have to be solid at the back because they don't really have much going forward so if they don't get those clean sheets i really see them going down they'll have to shore up i think lewis dunk and he also gets gets up for the corners so him or duffy but duffy's 4.6 that's the issue so i think if you're just restricted to 4.5 dunk is a good option yeah i agree with that he's also got five shots on target so far this season so He's not bad for a shot or two at goal. Maybe uh, expecting a goal anytime soon. I think we've covered most of them, Justin. I hope that helps. Which ones? Which ones do we settle on there? Should we just sum up there? So we're looking at Dunk, Kiko Feminia, Cabasel, Simpson, Simpson, Pete yeah. Simpson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a few, a few more or less. Yeah, a few options for you there, Justin. Hopefully. All right, so uh, we've got Tommy at Tommy underscore Gonzo has just put best strikers price seven mil and less over the next five game weeks. Mm. See, this is the tricky one, isn't it? Because strikers at this price range is just not really cutting out at the moment, and we've not really settled any anyone. But someone who I actually viewed today, I was at the game at the Southampton Arsenal game. Charlie Austin. We're hoping that he's really going to come back into recognition for our FPL teams. because he's just such a decent goal scorer. He just slotted that goal away today. He also had a couple of shots in the game which he checks save. So 
he is looking better for me. The only problem is with that is that Southampton fixtures are just really tricky. For the next five, they've got Leicester, Chelsea, Huddersfield, Spurs, Man United. But I'm really hoping by the end of that that he's going to be an option for us and maybe one to bring in. But it's not to say that he can't score against anyone. He scored against Arsenal today, although Arsenal can be leaky sometimes. I've just seen a, a stat here that Arsenal have actually got the most defensive errors leading to a goal this season. So showing that we're prone to a mistake at the back there. <laughs> what, what do you guys reckon on the, the 7 million uh, options for up front? I'm, I'm keeping my eye on, there's a couple of players who've got a good goal-scoring pedigree that have got minutes in the last few game weeks. One of them is Wilfred Boney. I know nobody's excited about Swansea at the moment, but he's played the last four for the entire 90 minutes. He's scored in his last two games. We know the quality he's got. It's just a matter of whether he carries that on. Only 5.7 million. Yeah, he's captain second... as well, so I think that's going to yeah. assure his starting place. Yeah, I do. And I wonder about the fitness of Abraham at the moment as well. He seems to be a bit on and off. So Dwight Gale was looking at him at the start of the season. He's starting to get minutes under Rafa Benitez. He started five of their last six and he scored three goals in that time. And those goals have come against Chelsea, Leicester and Man United. So we know his goal scoring pedigree. He's, he's got an assist in that time. So again, he's only 6.1 million. That's my two. So Sid, who are you thinking? So, one player who comes to my mind, he has had a bit of uh, an injury concern since he started. He actually has only started this last game after the first four weeks and he scored two goals. Steve Mooney, Mooney or whatever his name is, uh, Huddersfield. Uh, he has Chelsea at home this week, but if you look at the fixtures after that, he has Watford away who concede, Southampton, which is a tough game, Stoke at home, Burnley at home, Leicester away, West Ham at home. Yeah, so, you can get him in for these six good fixtures. The other guy who's really producing points, super cheap, 5.2 million, is, uh, I think, a player who a lot of people already have. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, fantastic. Again, got an assist, dived his way through that assist. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Took points of Liverpool. Love the guy. Um, <laughs> Swansea at home in game week 18. Chelsea at home in game week 19. Chelsea uh, may concede against Everton. Uh, West Brom away, Bournemouth away, so he can do the next five fixtures easily, and he has Newcastle at home this uh, at uh, Newcastle away this week. So it's not like Newcastle may not concede. Newcastle need the points, so I think that's going to be a pretty open game. So I think Calvert Lewin definitely a very very good cheap option. He actually rotates very well with Ruben Loftus Cheek. So if you look at them, I think they can these guys for a combined price of say I think four point six and five nine point eight, they can take you about ten weeks. So you can just get the others in and you can just rotate these two for 10 weeks and they can, I think, get you a lot of cheap points for that price. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think Calvert-Lewin and the Mounier shout is uh, is a good one. He got two goals against Brighton. and Depends if he plays those. There's always going to be an element of risk to that. But it looks like the banker now who's definitely starting every game is Calvert-Lewin. I've only just brought him into my team as well. So uh, he is on my bench though. So he's got that <laughs> assist and it counts for nothing. Okay, hope we've answered your question there, Tommy. So we've got one here from Alex Ball at Alex Waterbaby. He's just but is Alonso worth holding? 6.9 is tied up a lot in someone not returning or am I being too impatient? Cheers, gents. Look forward to the pod. What do you guys reckon that, Sid? Uh, see, Alonso is a very peculiar, a very different sort of player. Uh, he's the sort of player you need to put in and just forget about him then. So uh, the, the urge with a defender who's 7 million is that 
whenever you want to put someone out in any other part of the field midfield or in, as a striker you'll just say that i'll probably drop alonso down and raise that catch that's always the urge so a player like this i don't have one like this but i the, and this is the reason why i don't have one player like this is because you're always you always have this urge of dropping them down to raise cash for other parts of the field so alonso is actually the cane of defenders you have to put him in and you have to be patient you have to put him in say for 5 weeks say, even erickson is like that you have to put these guys in for 5 to 7 weeks and they will average out 4 to 5 points over that period you have to be patient with them because what happens is that alonso will blank say against swansea at home and then he'll go and score against two goals against tottenham so he's the sort of player he can score against anyone and he can go missing against anyone can get he can get yellow card and then the only issue with him is that he gets yellow cards so once he gets the yellow card and he's on four at the moment so once he gets the yellow card he's immediately put out by conte because he's the sort of player who can actually go in for a tackle he's very aggressive in the tackle so that's the worry but if if you want to keep him keep him long term if you don't want to keep him i don't see the point in picking him in, keep picking him in the first place <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, Sid. Uh, Pete, what's your thoughts on that one? It's, it's a great point from Sid, and I have to agree. I think, um, yeah, he's, he always presents a threat for Chelsea. I know they've got more fullbacks now, but I think um, having lost especially to West Ham yesterday, Conte can't really take any chances on players now. So I think um, he's only going to play, and he will, over the course of the season, repay you in terms of attacking and defensive threats. So I would stick at the moment. Yeah, I think I would actually stick as well. Stop being impatient, Alex, and he'll get you some points soon. He'll get you a goal next week or something. So, yeah, just hold it. Okay, okay we've got uh, FPL referee. He's saying, it's it time. He's not quite worded that right. So, time to drop misfiring mids such as Richardson and Gross. Who do we replace them with? See, do we yes. feel like there is a time to drop Richardson? I still don't want to. I've got to say, Iceman, on this, I'm a little bit concerned about this bracket of, uh, of cheaper midfielders because you've got Richarlison who hasn't done anything too significant for a few weeks. I mean, to be fair, Gross has popped up recently with a few bits, but Ramsey I saw limping at the end of the game today. So our options at the at the, the six to seven million price bracket are thinning, shall we say? Yeah, I would say beware, Ramsey owners, that he was limp, limping at the end of the game, and I would say that he will be missing this midweek fixture. So be prepared for that. What are you reckoning on Richardson then? So I'll just make it very simple for the listener. Uh, so I got him in game week eight. He's since then he has thirty seven. points in 9 weeks so that's 4 points a week so the first thing is that you have to put a sort of a price and a point sort of benchmark for a player so for richarlison i think if he gets say 4.5 points a, a game i think he's a very good find the second thing is that he actually should have had three penalty assist assists for the penalties that he sh- he would have earned in the last three games which were not given to give, given to watford So I look at the player not in the term, not in terms of the points he actually has, but in the point in terms of the points he could have had because that's a very important thing when you start making transfers because transfers are few and you have to really use them judiciously. Definitely not Richarlison. I would definitely keep him. His fixtures are Crystal Palace, Huddersfield, Brighton, Leicester, Swansea. You will never get those five fixtures for this sort of player who is so involved and is actually doing decently well, other than the last three games. So a hundred percent key for me. What about Gross? On, What about Gross? Of, yeah, in, 
in gross is a little bit of a sort of a different player gross is a player who actually has to depend on on other players for his points because he's the sort of player who assists more than he scores so uh, brighton have been actually pretty bad over the last few weeks i would probably just hold gross because he's very cheap so who would you replace him with because chupo moting sector are not firing plus his fixtures are decent he has burnley watford and bournemouth at home in the next six but his away fixtures are really bad he has spurs and chelsea away in the next so if you have someone to rotate him with probably keep him i would probably even keep him if you don't have someone to rotate him with but just give him about two weeks if he doesn't score for you then i'd probably get rid of him because with these sort of players you can actually switch them around uh, to another player in that category who's on form this and the third striker spot is one i think which where most of the transfers should be used because there are players who will catch a good streak and you should get on them and then sub them out and transfer them out as soon as they go off that streak when they're blanking two or three weeks i'm not using that same logic for richarlison because he has a little bit more then i i would say a gross sort of chupo moting i think he has little more to his game he has that extra flair where he can score against any opponent so gross uh, so gross is a little different from richarlison yeah also looking at richarlison's fixtures like you say crystal palace huddersfield they can't get too much better than that i think hold on to him he's more or less playing up front and with gross he runs that brighton team attack i would say that it is a hold because there aren't too many options underneath his price bracket which i feel like are gonna get regular points i mean like, a lot of people have got sermon in at the moment he seems to be nailing down those assists every week just getting the odd seven five six five what's what's our opinions on sermon at the moment He's never been a player that I've been too drawn to, but he just keeps, for one, he's getting minutes. And like you say, he keeps coming up with the odd assist. I just never trust the Bournemouth attack enough yeah. to be consistent. But yeah, great to see Defoe firing this week. That that That's very tempting now. If he's going to be scoring again, Defoe. I just think there's uh, too much of a risk there, though, in rotation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, that's the thing about Bournemouth, isn't it? You never quite know. Um, with Stanislas coming back as well, whether that's going to affect his performance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the people who have Sermon are the same people who expected Kapuwe to score 30 league goals last season. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not going to happen every week. So if you've already cashed in, run. I would say run with those points because it's going to dry up very soon. Yeah, I think I, I thought you were saying run away from him then, Sid. <laughs> if you've got him, run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, I think we're more or less done for questions, Billy. Should we, should we move on to the Iceman's break? Because I need a pick. Let's move on to the Iceman's break, yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Iceman will be resting now. <laughs> All right, be right back. Welcome back, Iceman. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, lovely. I was going to say something, but no, let's leave that. Um, right, OK, chap. So we have got the small matter of picking a captain for the upcoming Tuesday fixtures. So lots to go by here. Um, I've got to say, with the form of Harry Kane, I'm very tempted to just leave the armband. Uh, also because I think he has the highest chance of playing of all the big hitters. Um, so I think... For me, I'm going to say the armband is staying on Kane against Brighton. Fair. Jim? Iceman? 
I'm still on Kane at the moment. I did have it on Morata, but like there, there were rumours before the last game that he might be injured and things. Conte has kind of worded that he may be resting players. I have a feeling that he might be rested for some reason. Yeah, it's on, it's on Kane just kind of going with a safe one, I think. Sid? Um, it's a hard one. For the, for, the, for the first time, I feel like Salah is a better option. I will go with Kane because I'm absolutely dull. Um... <laughs> But in terms of, if you think about it, Salah scored one goal and he got 11 points this week. Kane scored two and he got 12 points. So, yeah. Salah has to literally do half the work. That's a great point. So, yeah. And, and the, other, the other point that I have to raise is that if anyone has seen West Brom play, they are so bad. They are so bad that I can't explain what Salah can do to them. I think the game could be called off called off at halftime. But, Sid, <laughs> I'm just going to interrupt here, Sid. Who got rested tonight? Coutinho, Firmino? It's, yeah, ri- it's risky. It's, it's almost like no, captain in a, a But you tell me player. who scored the only goal, who scored the only goal and who won them that one point today? Yeah, Salah. But I think, that I think that Salah might get rested that game. That's, That's exactly, what I'm saying. And that's the player who can't get rested. It's like Sid, you're saying he's too important to be rested at the moment. He is he's more important than having the other ten players. They could just play him alone. He did come off at sixty six minutes though. Um, yes. There's yeah. no chance he gets rested. If he gets rested, see Klopp, I'm not sure he's one of the smartest guys I know, but I really don't think he's gonna get rested. <laughs> I really don't think so. I do I really can't see it. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts two, three pass to West Brom in this form. He's in crazy form. And Kane, to be very honest, he scored two goals, but he didn't look great. He missed seven to eight chances. He had at least eight chances in that game. He had two at least clear chances that he missed. But he, he is getting so, the chances still, isn't he? And like if, having he is, scored those two goals, he might might have given him some confidence back to actually be able to more I'll tell you one little thing that I think has, has an advantage. That uh, James Edgarzov, I'm sorry if I got his name wrong, but he also pointed out, I think Kane has 33 league goals this season. The record is Scherer's 36 and he has four more games to get it, to break that record of the all-time number of goals scored in a, in a calendar year. So that is one thing that will, and he is he knows these sort of records. So I think that, that's one thing that can really spur him on. I'm going to keep it on Kane, but I won't be surprised if Salah outscores him by a very, very big margin. Other than that, I wouldn't look anywhere elsewhere. I think those are the two options that you should really be on. Yeah, fair. Right, Sid, anybody else for this game that you're looking at? So I think the Palace-Watford game is going to be an interesting one. I would keep my eye out for Zaha. He's looked really good. He actually earned one penalty this uh, this week. And he cheated himself. Uh, cheated, sorry. He cheated the other team to another penalty, which Benteke missed. So that could have been a 10-pointer, which is now a 5 but could have been a 10-pointer, so one definitely to look out for. Other than that, Liverpool assets, I think Coutinho could do well in midweek because he's been rested today uh, or whatever, not preferred. But I think he's definitely one uh, which could do well. I think United are going to go on a very good run. I would keep, I think Jones is one I would try to keep an eye out on. And I would look at getting Lukaku back very soon. If Morata doesn't hit form, I think I would get Lukaku back in very soon. But not for this week. I wouldn't look at him for this week. Uh, other than that, I think Eriksson is one player you can pick because they're going to have some good fixtures. And he looked really good. He could have actually had a second goal this week, which got saved by Butland. 
if you see match of the day, you will see that save as well towards the last ten minutes. So I think these are the sort of players I would be looking at. I think Arsenal, Arsenal and West Ham is also going to be a good game, but uh, I would hold players for that game, but I wouldn't probably buy anyone for that game. Okay, Iceman, anyone to add to that? Um, bringing me back to my Arsenal again. I mean, like now that Ramsey could potentially be out for the next game, I do think that kind of steps up Ozil's appeal. Because he seems to be on the ball more or less all the time. I mean, you could say he goes hidden. He didn't create that many chances, but he just seems to get involved in nearly everything. I think he is kind of a major differential. I mean, Arsenal have got West Ham and Newcastle coming up next. Then they've got Liverpool, which you can see goals in. And then they've got Crystal Palace and West Brom. So they're all pretty good fixtures for Arsenal. I don't see him being as a bad option. He didn't get anything in the last game week, but against West Ham, I can see him getting something. Like Sid has just said, I reckon Man United options could be profitable. Uh, it's just disappointing that you can't choose Pogba now. I would say that um, even Marshall, I know he gets rotated, but I still think that he, he could be a good option for these next few. Yeah, it's just d- disappointing in the, his rotation. But yeah, That's but actually much. a very, very good pick. I didn't expect it from you. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Amazing. Uh, sorry, Pete. I'm just. I'll be right back. I'm just going to go get some cream to to treat my burn, which I just got. <laughs> wow! I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, oh God. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to add to that is um, I think just to further support the the argument for Spurs players this game week. I think if you've, um, I think you know they're going to follow up what they did to Stoke. Um, in the game against Brighton. I also, just indulge me in this one second, chaps, not necessarily to pick, but does an injury to Ramsey mean the great Jack Wiltshire returns to the Arsenal midfield starting lineup? Yes, he did play pretty well when he came on, got well and truly involved, loved to take the ball forward. So, yeah, I I think that he will be back in our starting lineup uh, this game week, actually. I'd be very careful with Wiltshire, though. Oh, wouldn't get so him. He might wouldn't get him in your team. While you but... transfer him into your, into your fantasy team. Yeah, that's soft. I, th- I, yeah, I, I think not really an option for your fancy team, but I do think he's going to start for Arsenal. Right, OK. And uh, chaps, what about the following game week fixtures then? Just because we won't be podding until after that. So um, we've got the fixtures on Saturday the 16th, Sunday the 17th and Monday the 18th. I mean, if I'm going with a captain's choice from that one, we've got the big game City against Spurs that I'm not looking at. But I think if you've got Lukaku against West Brom, as Sid said, they are awful. So he isn't a bad shout. You've also got Arsenal at home against Newcastle. Now, one player we haven't spoken about on the pod so much is Alexis Sanchez. And if he, he's, he's been doing something in each fixture recently, he's still high price, but eventually he will become a bit of a differential if people start moving towards him. So um, I've got my eye on Alexis Sanchez. We had a nice little argument with, with Wilshire when Wilshire came on the pitch. It was quite funny, actually. Uh, gen- yeah. Genuine argument as well. So, yeah, it's, it's just show there is still some unrest with him. Uh, yeah, it's, tr- it's difficult this game because Man City have Spurs as well. So there's your there's your Kane option, which probably wouldn't want to go with. I suppose you, you're looking back at your Salah option because they're playing Bournemouth away. Uh, yeah. I'd be looking at him but if you've got any Man United assets by then for example Sid shouts Lukaku you never know they got West Brom away so I reckon they, they could be a good option at the moment looking at it from my point of view I think mine's going to be on Salah depending on his game time midweek just, though. just the other thing Iceman Chelsea are at home against Saints now yes they've lost against West Ham but that, that doesn't turn them into an awful football team so let, let's just keep an eye out for Hazard's performance over the, the, the next yeah, game week yeah, before point. we rush them off for that that one against Saints. Yeah, good point. Sid, 
very simple sala captain for me that week i think bonmath are, are open at the back um, easy captain i think that week i don't see city or spurs uh, giving us any captaincy option i don't think i'll go for kane away i would keep him but i don't think i'll captain him chelsea southampton is a very resilient team i don't think i'll captain because i anyway have three chelsea players christensen morata and hazard i won't captain any of them i think covering them is enough because their ownership is very low so any points you score will be a will be a green arrow other than that arsenal at home to newcastle could be could be a very big score if uh, arsenal play well they are a very good team at home so kolasinac etc definitely keep them at home they will uh, they actually murder the smaller teams burnley Oops. away to brighton very good for clean sheets i would play my burnley defender stoke at home to west ham if you have any uh, stoke players i would probably look at removing them because west ham have become very resilient again uh, uh, under moyes they look very organized watford huddersfield again keep your watford players huddersfield is are atrocious away from home hmm. very good at home though yeah more or less and everton is the is the monday night game So I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin could give you a good uh, rank boost if you have him for the Monday night game. Swansea, obviously, I won't touch them. Though I have Fabians, he was getting me points, but I'm going to keep that one quiet. <laughs> just a quick one on Fabianski I think he's the most valued player so far this season yeah six clean sheet takes him second in the goalkeeping rankings on 69 he's now top for points per million value 15 point naught across all the positions in FPL wow yeah, but, but he, people will tell you Pope is better because that's what Twitter will tell you so <laughs> you have to yeah. be careful about that one yeah <laughs> I, t- I tell you, who, uh, I just want a quick mention is Mares got another goal. Yes. Uh, only five point three selected, and he's got four four goals and four assists in his last nine game weeks so far. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. He's uh, he's looking outstanding at the moment. Mares doing something every week. Leicester do look uh, exciting going forward. I agree. I just wish I hadn't taken him out. I took him out right on his run of form. So yeah, yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. The early the early kickoff theory is there. That early kickoff you don't uh, get many points, and yeah. they have the early. Kickoff. <laughs> Though I don't believe in it. Just to put some doubt on your guaranteed Salah captaincy choice, Jurgen Klopp has made full, uh, 54 changes to a start in 11 last season, for the whole of last season. He's already made 59 changes this season, and we're only in game week 16. Does that completely know uh, Salah? See, uh, the thing is that Klopp, if you've seen his teeth, he's not a very logical guy. He's not gotten his teeth clean for the last six years, <laughs> I think. So, so that's the sort of guy who can do anything. But if he does that, then that would definitely prove that he's absolutely thick in the head. So <laughs> you you will know very soon if he is. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. Right. Okay. So that's the two game weeks covered. That brings us to the end of another fancy football surgery podcast. I'm going to tell you how you can get in contact with us. So on our website www.fancyfootballsurgery.com you can follow us and our progress on there as we've said that's going to be expanding soon with the introduction of patreon and the other things we're going to be doing for you the listeners so log on to that find us on facebook by typing in fancy football surgery give the podcast a rating if you listen to us on itunes by typing in fancy football surgery on there and uh, follow us on twitter so that's where we answer most of our questions and have a lot of the chat 
Uh, we're on Reddit, so give us an up the pod if you're on there. Oh, and uh, you're probably doing this now, but listen to us on SoundCloud as well. You can email us, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. If you have any questions or further queries about Patreon that the Iceman spoke about, you can email us on there or on Twitter. And you can also join the Mini League, 1173 hyphen 455 who is going to catch Demir today and the second installment of our new feature the feedback box Iceman what's in the six yard box yeah so we got one from Stonefish just saying yeah yeah, that was a great episode especially with the interview with Jay fascinating to learn about his approach I wish I had his discipline with transfers though I can't resist an immediate rage transfer so yeah Yeah. he's uh, he needs to take heed of Jay's advice there and maybe not do transfers so early yeah i think that's good advice and we got really really good response for that uh, interview with jace so thank you everybody who tuned in listened to that and hopefully it's helped you i want to say a big thank you to sid for joining us all the way from ghana this time sid thanks sid thanks guys thanks for having it at a time which is convenient to me for the first time (laughs) because i'm in the same time zone as you guys now yeah and uh yeah well i'm sure we'll have you on again before long and um and i spent any I always say words of wisdom, so just just anything, really, anything to say. There's just nothing to say. No words of wisdom here. No, thanks. Thanks for coming on, Sid. Good luck in your game weeks, guys. Hopefully both go well for you. Yeah, and um, from me, Bully, and all of us here at the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast, good luck in your game week. Sorry, I've just got to very quickly ring Louise. <laughs> she kept ringing me towards the end of the pod there. Oh, really? The future why? Oh, Sid, sorry, we lost you again. Uh, you just, you literally went, here's next round of fixtures, and then that was it. Okay, so now can you hear me? Yeah. So, oh, where should I start? <laughs> uh, just, just go from his next round of fixtures. I, I don't, I didn't hear what he said. So it's difficult. Okay. Uh, uh, ice man. Oh, so good. Sid first. Oh, he's, he's, he's died. <laughs> Sid, Sid, <laughs> Sid swimming. <laughs> oh, you're back. You're back now. Okay, you literally sounded like you were swimming there, mate. Home, which is a fixture they can get a clean sheet in. Chelsea at home, I don't think they'll get a clean sheet. Clean sheet in. Clean sheet. Clean sheet. Clean sheet in.